everyone. Welcome to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. It's Monday, September 6th, 2021. I'm Benjamin Abaya, and joining me today, they are the creators of the YouTube series Date Night, and you can also see them on the One California Mooney, Mooney, Mooney bus. How do you say what? that, actually? Uh, the, the, the It's the, the bus uh, in train. <laughs> yeah, in San Francisco. Oh, okay. um, blazing down the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. Please welcome John and Audrey Baya. Hello. Hello. Am I driving the bus? I think I'm driving the bus. No, I'm driving the bus. Oh, yeah, you are the better driver. No, actually, not at all. <laughs> it's better that you drive the bus. <laughs> we would have crashed a long time uh, ago. Also, uh, let us welcome, she is a critic, a film critic, writer, and occasionally a podcaster. You can find her work at Film Feast, Film Stories, New Scientist, Vodzilla, and a couple of the episodes I just currently listened to, the Empire, the Empire Film Podcast. Please welcome Katie Smith-Wong. Hello. Did I get those correct? <laughs> I saw yes, your bylines. It's, it's, it's Flick Feast, not Film Feast. Flick Feast. Oh, Flick Okay, okay. I, I typed that really fast. Thank <laughs> it's you for okay. That's no problem, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Flick Feast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, welcome. Um, I'm happy. We're all happy that you could join us for this episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, the listeners don't know, you are actually our first international guest. Uh, oh, that's exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the furthest I think we've gone is we had a guest from Hawaii, but that's still part of the that's States. That's like to the left of us. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's another island, I'm assuming, because even... I, yeah, UK is an island. I'm yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> assuming, nice. assuming, or you know, <laughs> I think I've, I visited. Yeah, haven't you been there? It's not been water. There. Anything. Yes, yes. It's surrounded by water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you again, and hopefully you have a good time. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, we usually discuss the things we watch, listen, played, and read throughout the week, and we end it with a main discussion. This episode, we ha- we are going to discuss the one of the most anticipated Marvel Studios coming out this year, because I think there's four or three, uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal. oh, Spider-Man's coming out, so yeah, yeah. four, uh, one of the four that's coming out this year, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, but first, before all of this, we have a trailer talk. Uh, this week's trailer talk is actually a teaser, and it's the film Moonfall. Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? 535 years ago, fly the Atlantic. We choose to go to the moon and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Uh, that is a clip of Moonfall, directed and co-written by Ronald Emmerich. Uh, in this is a plot synopsis from IMDb. In Moonfall, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it funny? hurling. You don't think that would happen? Oh, no. <laughs> On a collision course with life as we know it. I think it's because uh, Roland Emmerich. So I, I spec ridiculous already. So this is really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll ask Katie first. Um, are you a fan of Roland, uh, like, you know, Independence Day and 2012? And what's your thoughts about the trailer? I, I actually have quite fond memories of Independence Day because it was one of those first blockbusters that really in pictured, uh, encapsulated like the end of the end of Earth 
Because, you know, when you see that first trailer of the White House being blown up, it's like, holy crap, that could actually happen by some alien force. You know, it had that fear that it could actually, you know, it was so realistic, you could actually happen. But uh, with, um, so I watched the trailer for Moonfall, I think a couple of days ago, and I was actually really excited because um, I actually, it reminded me of a film called Wandering Earth. Have you seen it? I've heard of it i haven't okay. seen it I haven't okay yet. So it's, it's a it's a netflix film it's it's a chinese it's a chinese sci-fi apocalypse film essentially it's 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 super crazy but oh my god it's so it, it's so ambitious in the special effects that um it when i first saw moonfall it kind of reminded me of that um that where i think if i um Sorry, I'm just going to have to Google Wandering Earth because I can't remember what exactly happens. <laughs> that's, that's not the one that had the little AI child, right? Oh, no, 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 no. That's a um, it's, it's essentially uh, following a group of astronauts to... It's a group of astronauts for, um, guiding the Earth away from an expanding sun to avoid a collision with Jupiter. Oh, wow. That's a whole lot. So, that, is, that is ambitious. <laughs> it is, yeah. So, so when I, it was at the time the highest grossing film of the year that's how oh, big it was wow. um so when i first saw moonfall i could just see the memories flash back of when i first saw the wandering earth so understandably i was quite excited because you also need one of those films that you really need to have on a big screen like on an imax screen mm-hmm. so yes. this is going to be that for next year Oh, yeah. I believe so, too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, John and I are huge fans of Independence Day. Like, we 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 quote that movie because we watched it when we were kids. Um, it, it is one of, like you mentioned, it's one of those movies that impact cinema in a way because it was the first time we've seen aliens actually destroy cities in a realistic way. Uh, prior to that, I mean, I don't even know if there yeah, was movies. I can't even think yeah, of Yeah, most of them. I mean, yeah, most of that at that point. By that point, a load of alien films are like you know about establishing contact and yes. friendly relations. But this was the first time you actually saw aliens really pose a threat, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of up the ante in terms of entertainment. Yeah, and it made a huge stars. I made stars of uh, Will Smith too. His at least his his uh, film uh, start started from there. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how about you, John? What's your thoughts about Moonfall? Uh, Watching it, though the trailer by judging by the trailer, yeah, it, yeah, there's no like no dialogue. The only dialogue you hear is JFK talking about us going to the moon, basically. Um, so that's interesting. It's I think towards the ending you hear like static of the characters talking about something happening on the moon. Um, I'm wondering. So in the trailer they show the very ending. The moon's like morphing or something. So I don't know if it's something else out there, like not just the moon, but the moon has either an alien type of species that can, like a colony that was yes, living yes, in under the yeah, air. but it can morph or, itself. Yeah, or it will be followed like in the uh, same similar thread of Iron Sky, where there are just moon Nazis. Oh, yeah, I do wow. remember that. So they have a base and they've been developing the whole time. Yeah, I, yeah. and then, and then yeah. it just all 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 hell breaks loose. Yeah, you yeah. That's better. I like that idea better. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Uh, I like the cast. It's just just a mixture of everyone that hey, the, you. Just, yeah, the cast is Halle Berry. I forgot to mention. Yes, yes. Yeah, like, uh, Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Brady, uh, Michael Pena, 
Charlie Plummer, uh, Kelly Yu, and Donald Sutherland is in this too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, just like an all all star cast for like just various people that I never would think they'll be in one movie. I think like, that's kind of cool, like just to see that. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'll watch it. It does have the same like the uh, looking. I were you know special effects of like his other films, disaster films. Like uh, what was it? Uh, I can't even think of them, but uh, the 2012, of, yeah, 2012, the day after Something tomorrow. About tomorrow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> about tomorrow. Uh, the day like, after. like all that. It looks like that type of film, but uh, the moon basically is <laughs> crashing into us. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to watch it. How about you, Audrey? Um, I'm really excited. I didn't think there might be moon Nazis. I kind of thought it was a transformer thing going on, but I like the idea more of the <laughs> the moon Nazis are there. Um, <laughs> the only thing I had was that it was said that it's happening next year, like the year, like the year that it's happening, or is it that? Or, or, I think, or, or oh, where it takes saying, place? Yeah, theaters. <laughs> or is theaters. it saying that it's gonna be released in theaters? I think both. Bobby, both. I couldn't tell, like, if it's you know, like, in the year twenty twenty. Yeah, I think the yeah twenty when it says twenty twenty two. I'm I'm thinking that's when it'll be released, aka when it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we would see it. Oh, uh, okay, we're experiencing it live. I get it. I get it. Yeah, kind of. I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what they they were planning to do. I'm not sure. Yeah, like <laughs> no, I'm gonna look really stupid. No, 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 <laughs> just fine. preparing for it. Um. Yeah, no, yeah, but I like your what you were saying, John, about how they use the the cast that you wouldn't expect them to be together, especially in a space type of movie or mm. sort of thing like that. So that's really exciting to see these people um, be able to to act in this way. I really like Patrick Wilson um, in the other, like in the the horror genre. Yeah, yeah, the horror genre that he really does. I'm excited to see him do this. He seems like a a really good leading man for this. I'm mm. excited to see this. If he is, I mean, he appears to be. I, I think it's Michael Pena is the leading man. Really? No, no, it's, no. no, no. Oh, was like, really? It's like all. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be that red. That would be a great twist. I would love that. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see. I do agree with you, uh, Katie, that this would be a good thing to see in an IMAX with that that experience with the sound and like the void of space and this the uh, the big uh, yeah over when you en- see enveloping the, yeah the vast of the special effects and you know the whole the scale of the whole thing. I think it needs to be on the big screen. Yes, yeah, I agree. I'm excited for it though. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um... I think it's time to for another disaster film. <laughs> we Earth. haven't had uh, enough had, disasters, right, in this past couple no, of years. No, man. Like at least with uh, with uh, Roland Emmerich is like. Does, I think he hasn't done one in a while. That's why. I think Independence uh, Day was his last. Like no, he, no. I mean, 2012 and no resurrection. Was it Red Resurgence? Oh, the, uh, Resurgence. The, yeah, Resurgence. the, sec- yeah, uh, the sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> that was his last one, which is a uh, almost uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So time has flew. <laughs> <laughs> the past couple of years, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, wow, the day after tomorrow was 2004. I didn't realize yeah. that. Too. Oh God! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward. I I'm going to echo everyone. Like uh, I'm really um, looking forward of having these actors like in this film because uh, I hardly see them uh, in the disaster film in in the sense too, like Halle Berry or Michael Pena. So uh, it's really cool to see that. And I'm always down for the visual effects. I think he he understands, he knows how to craft that already, uh, uh, Roland Emmerich. So it's always going to be like a, a showstopper. I don't know what he's going to, what can he do new to this <laughs> to add to what he's done already. So uh, It's Space Nazis yeah. transforming. Space Nazis could be there. Yeah. So 
<laughs> the, he wrote it so it could be the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> so if the special effects are good, then yes, it's fine. It's you fine. just switch your brain off and just enjoy the enjoy the uh, the show. Exactly. Yes. Um, but moving on, that comes out actually uh, next year, February. 2022 oh. so weird to say that in four months <laughs> it's 2022 yeah, yeah. oh no don't say that <laughs> uh moving on so what we've been doing this week uh, i'll start with you katie what have you been doing i know you watched uh, a couple of films yeah um i watched a couple of films um i uh, because there is a uh martial arts film festival taking place oh, nice. this weekend um so um i'm covering that as press and uh, so therefore uh, i watched a couple watch one of the films um the paper tigers um that was actually really a 2020 film um but it's getting it it's headlining the festival so it's the first time it's being shown in the uk it stars a multicultural it's um a uh, sorry i'll start that again <laughs> it stars a cast mainly of people of color so there's only one Caucasian person in this whole film. And it's about three former students who are now middle-aged students who have reunited to avenge their late master. I thought it was great. Oh, wow. uh, the, the action scene, scenes are really, really well choreographed. The, the, the plot's a little, you know, slim in places and there are... And some of the comedies a bit stale, but the fight scenes are great. I mean, and, and fight scenes also awesome to watch. But I'm a bit of a sucker for that kind of thing. That's why I like Shanchi mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> um, I also watched um, Respect, the biopic. Oh yes, yeah. About Aretha Franklin, that stars Jennifer Hudson and Forrest Whitaker. Is the uh, directorial debut of Liesl Tommy. Um, st- the film charts Aretha Franklin's life from her childhood to when. But uh, to to stardom basically, um, but, um, I was a bit disappointed with this um, mainly because the film follows a lot of tropes that you've seen in other musical biopics such as Walk the Line, Rocket Man, and Bohemian Rhapsody, where there's like just tragedy upon tragedy. And I felt that Aretha Franklin's achievements outside of her music career, so like her involvement with the civil rights movement, for instance, and her role as a mother was not fully explored. And when there, there were any, any empowering mo- moments, they were just kind of quickly overcome by another tragedy. So it just felt like you, they were just kind of constantly painting her as a victim. So it was, it was, that was just a bit disappointing, but Jennifer Hudson kills it as Aretha Franklin. She, she is great in songs, grand performance and there's like a, a low confidence a bit of sass in her performance as well so you know watch it for her sake <laughs> her <laughs> performance at the very least that's good at least i would watch it for her performance only yeah i mean it's like the mu- if you know if you love aretha franklin music then yeah please do but uh you know there are certain points of it that may not that might just feel a bit too over familiar over predictable and that's why i was a bit i wasn't as you know, as fulfilled mm, with it mm-hmm. as I hoped it would be. Have you ever watched um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have heard of it, though. It's like a comedy, but it is basically it's like a satire comedy, and it is poking fun of biopics about uh, musicians. And it basically, like, deconstructs. Like, you were mentioning how this film is in the same vein as... um 
uh, walk hard. Uh, not walk, walk hard. Um, walk, walk the, the line. line. That's why it's called walk hard because I think they were poking fun of uh, right, Johnny Cash's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I I feel like you should watch that. I don't know if you're into like um, uh, what's his name, yeah. um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley, but that that type of comedy that um, what's the uh, Adam McKay type of comedy yeah. like Step Brothers? Yeah, it's on that same. That's really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, what else did you watch? Um, I also watched uh, Queen Pins, which is um, actually opening in the U.S. on Friday. It stars um, Kristen Bell and. Kirby uh, Howell Baptiste. It's, a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's based on a, a real life scam where two with a real life couponing scam that took place in 2012, and it's a it's, a, it's it, it shapes itself as like this crime caper comedy. Um, it's fun in places, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, just, I don't know. I just find myself poking holes in it. Really, <laughs> it's it's fun. But you know, if you if you're kind of hoping for that kind of Ocean's Eleven heist kind of level of crime, it is not. <laughs> I've never I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's it's apparently there's I looked it up in 2012. There were these three women in Arizona, and they ran a coupon scam oh. where they what that uh that um where they stole 40 million dollars. Wow. From multi multinational corporations. Um, so what they did was they they just got fake coupons and then sold them on. Oh wow! wow. Did they really do a crime or just found a loophole? No, <laughs> in, in the film, in the film, okay. what happened was it's, it's I'm, I'm not, I don't I'm not going to spoil anything. I promise. Yeah. But it's like in the film, Kristen Kristen Bell's character uh, Connie she sent oh, she sent a complaint letter, um, but and she and in return with an apology receives a coupon which turns out to be for a replace a free of charge replacement oh and that's, that's what, what and, then, and then she and then i was like huh maybe <laughs> i can get more and then and then you know things progress from there but it's like it's not as if she did her her, her and um howell baptiste character jojo their efforts are not gone unnoticed that's when um uh, the, the crime prevention uh, officers start to um, notice that there's something wrong when there's loads and loads of people were using coupons and it's like, are these coupons real? Is it, what's going on? Why are these people <laughs> claiming all these coupons? And and then it works. And then the second half of the film is basically, is basically Vince Vaughn's character, who's a federal postal oh, he's worker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a federal postal postal worker. He's assigned to investigate for, investigate the scam further. You know, okay. so speaking of writing a letter to that, I did that like when I was like seven. I wrote into a, a, a company like as a complaint. Mm. Um, as a project or school? No, I did. Oh, oh, because did? the because pro- oh, wow. um, it was for, um, I don't know if they have this brand in the UK, but it's called Rave. It's a hairspray. It used to be like no, in no, a purple. It's like a purple or blue. It's kind of like an Aquanet type of like, psh, like you know, those sort of things. But it was... um. And like the, a shimmer spray kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like hairspray. Like it was like, um, but it's one of the, like the pump bottles. It's not an aerosol thing. Mm. And when uh-huh. I was I was learning, you know, I was young. I was trying to be cool and do my hair. But 
I would like flip my head over and I would flip the bottle over and I couldn't get the spray out. You know, it's just a spray bottle. That's how spray yeah, bottles yeah. are. But I was like, you guys should figure out a way to do it, blah, 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 so I can do my hair better and stuff. And they did. They sent me a letter and they sent me a coupon. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like a free thing? Yeah, or? just for another rave <laughs> bottle or something like that. Like, oh, thanks for the suggestion. Because, you know, obviously it was a young person writing. They knew it wasn't an adult writing <laughs> based off <laughs> my grammar and my impeccable handwriting. Um did that, they change their product though? Like not that afterwards? I know. <laughs> no, oh, okay. they didn't. They didn't they, I, I didn't get any um, residuals from that or, at all. But I was going to mention that that what if they patented that project because it was a thing that you mentioned? They could and have, then, and I'm just okay. sitting here all alone, just like mm. <laughs> yes. But it does work, guys. You will get a coupon. It's not well, just the fiction. Thing, that's the thing in the UK. Coupons aren't that big a thing. I, I was going to just... ask you that. Yeah, like no, uh... no, it's not. It's like this. It's not like there's there's women with folders of full of coupons. Oh no, by the there tail. are. They are here. Ooh. <laughs> I think that uh, trend kind of died off a couple of years ago, but people still do that. I know some people who still well, do that. Well, uh, well, you know, in certain places that they do them with the electronic apps. If your loyalty card is on an app, you scan the app and then you get all your vouchers there. But with the paper ones, no. No, not really. That's true. You're right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was uh, when you were talking about coupons in this movie, like the last movie that ever utilized coupons in a well uh, or meaning, I guess, well-meaning way. I don't know if you watched Punch Drunk Love. Years ago. Years yeah. Ago. Like Adam Sandler uses that. He took advantage because there was a loophole. To uh, and then he gets like a hundred thousand uh, uh, fi- uh, flyer miles off of the coupons, oh. so he gets to like fly anywhere because of the weird loophole. Well, good for him. Yeah, I, I, it was like the last time I'd seen coupons being prominent in the movie. <laughs> a plot device in a movie. Yeah, yeah, as a plot device as a movie. Heck yeah. Uh, so that's uh, Queen Pins. That's that's going to be out in theaters here in the states. Uh, paper, the Paper Tigers is actually on our Netflix. I don't think it's okay. on the UK's oh, Netflix. So no, re- no, not yet. I remember yeah. watching that and it was very interesting. The trailer, the trailer it looks right? like uh, uh, what do you call that old film with the three ninjas? I forgot three, three ninjas. Really, three, it ninjas. Was three ninjas. Three ninjas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 little boys. But it looks like that. Uh, now they're grown up and, age. Yeah, and like yeah. Yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It looks cool. And then um, I think Respect is also playing on at least US's Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon oh, Prime, cool. it looks like one of uh, one of the services. Oh, is it not free? I'm not like like looking up right now. I remember. I, I don't saw... know. You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw this somewhere. No, Katie, you tell us. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. well. However, if uh, if you for any UK listeners, uh, um, there is the Aretha Franklin documentary, Ooh. Amazing Grace. Oh yes. on Amazon yeah, Amazon Prime Video. And that is amazing. That one's yeah, that one's really good. That's uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's I, I highly recommend that before watching Respect, <laughs> just to fill yeah. in the yeah. I think that, they, yeah. that that does actually give a bit of context because not it's not much of a spoiler because I think it's 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 a quite a prominent part. But yeah, the ref- the album that that was featured in the documentary is actually mentioned in the film. Oh, cool! That's cool. Um, but yeah, thank you for all of that. I heard, I just read a tweet recently from you that you were accepted in the Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, uh, as a media, in the media inclusion initiative. Cool. Oh, wow. well, congratulations on that. It's, actually, it's your first time to attend too, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it'll be virtual, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it'll be nice to actually see the, what, you know, what is on offer 
on Toronto. That as, means that, so, um, yeah, now I'm excited. As a film critic, do you prefer, because I, I follow a lot of film, and we have a couple of film critics who are in a guest here, but uh, would you prefer in person or do you like this where it's streaming uh, and then you get to like watch it at your homes and whatnot? Um, both both options have their pros and cons. I mean, mm-hmm. what you know, because um, every last few years, I attended I attend the London Film Festival, and it's so much fun just hanging out with you know other critics who are you know close friends and just talking about films and the same films and then just vibing off like what you thought of it afterwards, and then all that those things will be in your reviews and stuff. Yeah. However, um, with the pandemic going on i think it just opened up a lot more opportunities for film festivals to be held virtually i mean a lot of people are still hesitant about traveling or being in crowded places so having them be accessible from the comfort of your home is it does offer a lot more is more a lot more convenient and it does it just kind of puts you at ease because you're not worried about you know covid or germs or anything like yeah. that so however it's now it's like we're getting to the point where it's what over a year two years since it's getting into it mm-hmm. and we are now get and now people are starting to see that there are some disadvantages not attending in person such as restricted content and time differences and oh, you know and yeah. co- coinciding schedules and things you know organizing schedules because you know if you're attending virtually you may not be able to attend watch the premiere as it happens because it's several hours uh, behind so like for instance it could be like nine o'clock here a.m here but it actually it's it, it's held it's held like 3 a.m so it's just it's, it's it has it's a double-edged sword do you want yes, to yeah. so you know i think it's it's going it, it needs to be looked into further i mean there are certain festivals that have done amazing uh done a brilliant job like um sundance earlier this year they did this amazing platform that just made critics um, lives so much easier in terms of scheduling and stuff but now it's like you see certain festivals where they've geo-blocked content so mm-hmm. we can't wow. don't have the we don't have the same level of access as other critics may have if they are intending in person so it's they, they have um there's there are advantages and disadvantages yeah so yeah like i i, get, I read a few articles about those disadvantages and advantages and i think one of the highlights is because for at least in person, like you mentioned, a lot of uh, film critics miss like hanging out with their friends too. And, uh, uh, and then I think there's like this proposal I saw or not saw, but like I was thinking they were thinking that have like both uh, a hybrid version, like people who want to attend like in future, like once, once this is all, settled like covid and <laughs> pandemic well yeah actually um this year's lff which is taking place um in october i believe mm-hmm. or late late september early october anyway um they are doing a hybrid model yes yeah, so, yeah, cer- cool. yeah so certain screenings will be only in person i remember last year the majority of the screenings were available virtually but and certain big screenings such as soul did pixar soul was mm-hmm. only available in person so it was it, it 
Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what the program will offer because it's actually going to be announced on Wednesday. Ooh, so so yeah, yeah, it's real soon. So um, hopefully we'll see what what kind of things will be available. For, yeah, for for the in person sort of stuff uh, that they did have, did they still have to do social distancing? So it was very limited. Yeah, so social distancing, masks, that kind of thing. I think the soul screening were, took place in the larger cinema in the in the West End, like in Leicester Square, which is where all the premieres take place. Okay. So they could they could afford to do the whole social distancing, oh, masking, okay. that kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure if they'll open up more venues this year because you know there's a lot you know a lot of people in the UK are vaccinated and they are taking more precautions with regards to you know personal safety and stuff so we'll see well, I'm glad to hear that a lot of people are vaccinated that's nice to that's somewhere a lot of people yeah. are <laughs> Uh, but yeah, good luck with all that. It seems like you're going to be a busy person in the next couple of months. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be so exhausted. I'm just going to be like, there's my tweet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, looking cool. forward, I'm always looking forward to, uh, as a new fan, uh, I'm looking forward to your uh, writings and whatnot. Thank you. Um, moving on, uh, John and Audrey, what have you been doing this week? Me? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll go. Um, I saw, I watched two things. So usually the way I consume my content is I get to do my, um, uh, before I drop off my kids, I get to watch, you know, a little bit of the TV and stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about two things very briefly. Uh, the first thing that I watched on Netflix is John of God, The Crimes of a Spiritual Healer. Um, is this an anime? No. <laughs> no, it's not. No, God, I wish. I wish it wasn't real. Um it's uh, on IMDb, the, the synopsis would be that the, it's an idolized medium, um, Jal Texera de Faria, rises to international fame before horrifying abuse is revealed by survivors, um, prosecutors, and the press. So, oh, this is a true crime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What else do I watch, man? I don't watch, <laughs> I don't watch anything nicer or exciting, you know? Fun and happy. Um, it's I believe it's only four episodes, so it's um it's kind of long. I think they're like an hour or so. Um, but it was um he's it it takes place in Brazil and it seems like in a lot of um these type of more rural areas they tend to mix um spiritualism and religion together as a substitute for lack of education and lack of um, health resources. So that's why there's lots of healers. You know, if you can't get to the doctor or the doctor says nothing to do, you'll go to somebody who can um, not only pray for you, but attempt to do like spiritual surgeries sort of thing. So that's what this guy did. And a lot of people believed he could do it. And maybe he did help people, you know, whether it was actually spiritually or not, or just, you know, the placebo effect of saying that you're fine. But he also did a lot, a lot of um, sexual abuse towards um, young women, which was completely, completely off-putting for me. I don't like that. Um, but uh, the only thing that kind of got me um, through this was that on the fourth episode, they just to hear these women's stories of... Um, Find, being able to have a voice and to be brave and bring this man to to justice, you know, to be able to get him prosecuted at least. Um, it was it's just really interesting to see how many people can um, 
you know, I feel that he's a charlatan. I don't know. Other people, other people still believe that he is still, um, uh, you know, of God or part of God and things like that. I mean, he even got Oprah to go over there, you know, so he's, uh, quite a quite quite a talker it's just funny to see how um people believe that predators and things like that are very scary and evil but this person just to see him they have a lot of old video footage of it just to see how his predatorial uh, nature is it's very um calm and quiet and just very um like a snake in the grass mm. sort of thing like that um, so after watching that, so that's John of God, the crimes of spiritual healer, you know, so I'm assuming you're going to watch something more uh, uplifting. I did. I did. I, oh, did. Okay, okay. I wanted, I, I was really inspired by the women's stories. Um, um, I myself am like a su- survivor of sexual abuse. So just to see other people have, um, strong voices to have the camaraderie and the go, you know, I'm not alone. I can, you know, together we can overcome is very, it was very empowering and it touched me in a, in a really, um, in a, in a, in a way that I didn't think it would. Um, so again, on Netflix, I guess based off of my stuff that I watch, I get other things that pop up. So the next thing that I watched, um, this week was, uh, Lady Boss, the Jackie Collins story. Um, I've heard of Joan Collins, Jackie Collins, and I actually kind of thought they were the same person. I thought I just misheard the name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, she, uh, Jackie Collins is actually Joan Collins' younger sister. Um, and she was a um, uh, a novelist, basically. And she, during a time like, uh, I think it was more in the 70s or 80s, she wrote about... Um, uh, People would say call it like a smut type of romance novel, and only because it it was predominantly showing strong women saying what they wanted and not being ashamed for being, you know, a a you know a sexual creature or just an empowered creature sort of thing like that. And she got lots of fame. She was like a bestseller and like a lot very very famous in the UK. And she made her way over to America as well. Um, it was uh, it was really nice to see her stories, but it was still kind of sad how she still suffered from her own trauma too. Um, you know, she basically created this um, kind of armor of the Jackie Collins persona. You know, with the big, the beautiful '80s hair and like the clothes and the leopard print and the shiny jewels to kind of protect her from you know her her own personal past and things like that, and how no matter how well you write or you portray or you tell other people, you know, be strong, women can do anything. Sometimes if you don't deal with your own, you know, personal stuff that you can still fall victim to, um, to the same things at the, the same like circle of, you know, violence and, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, but it was really sad. I didn't know, I didn't know her life story at all. I was really glad that I watched this. Um, and it was really sad how she had passed away and all the different tragedies that happened with her. But it, it's really good to see how much that she impacted, uh, people in her personal life and like the world in general. And I actually really want to go find a couple of her books. I think I'm going to go to the library after <laughs> I read the books that I have right now and go read some of her stuff. It sounds pretty, sounds pretty fun. I don't know if it's, um, how the, the languages if it's kind of too flowery for me sometimes i can't get over that sort of thing but it just to kind of see the i think there's one character called lucky that's like in a, in a lot of her series i can't remember what the last name is lucky something it's like not lucky santiago it was like something else but um they made like tv movies or regular movies and stuff like that of it too during yeah, the i've 80s. seen like some i was googling her 
they made like a several TV made for TV movies. Yeah, it looks like yeah, that's really <laughs> the eighties, cool. right? Like in the eighties, yeah, eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, it seems, yeah. looks like. All I want to do though is just like dress up like her. I just saw, I just saw her hair, her, her teased hair, and her makeup. I was like, oh, I, I was just reminding me of like my grandmother and my mother during that time, seeing photos, and like, I wonder if they were influenced by her, and like, were they able to be <laughs> strong and stuff like that? Because like my grandmother divorced, my mom divorced, and stuff, and during that time, like that wasn't a thing you did, you know, at all. And I wonder if yeah. like being able to see a strong woman as well that that gave you the strength to to you know speak up for yourself and things like that and it was really nice i liked i liked ending on that part sort of thing so i was really excited i'm gonna find some some wonderful have, novel soon have you ever heard of um jackie collins katie oh yeah yeah no, I, oh. I, I have heard of jackie yeah in the uk i think she's much more predominant than at least oh yeah, she, yeah. She, she's in she's the author of the books that you don't want to get caught reading as a kid yeah yeah exactly yeah you're in the back of the bus you know yeah, the back. No, it's more. It's more the that quiet corner in the bookshop, mm, mm-hmm. and ne- next to the Mills and Boone. Yeah, I've I've read. I've been in that corner a couple of times at the library. <laughs> um, are you actually also going back to what uh, Audrey watched earlier? Uh, what she mentioned. Are you a, cru- a true uh, crimes fan, Katie? I'm just curious. Uh not really, because they're quite quite a bit depressing <laughs> it is. It is. it's not for everybody i don't i don't fault anybody for like going audrey that is very weird why would you why, why would you subject yourself to things like I that i mean it's like there are certain crimes that you know there are you know you see the long reads of certain crimes that have been buried and, and you'll wonder how these people have suffered so tremendously and not been able to get the justice that they deserve oh, but yeah. it's just but you know you don't find out about them until they is way past when they could have made such an impact and that's the thing that kind of hurts me sometimes Mm -hmm. when I see how like you know young girls or boys have have, you know experienced such trauma and it's like they they, and you can you sometimes have to stop and wonder how people like such not just like fellow kids but adults as well can be so uh, who trust who they who they've put, put 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 their trust in them to take care of them or to look out for them could be so cruel it is it's hard oh god i mean we we send our kids off to school and we expect and hope that they come back you know you can't be there all the time but it's it's really it's really hard i i'm i'm so obsessed with it it because it's more of like i'm so amazed and enthralled of just like the human experience of like exactly like what you were saying like how could you do something how could and how could so many people let it go on or get ignored you know sort of thing and it's just it's amazing that it's you know you think it happened once and we would all learn our lesson but unfortunately we don't we don't learn very well as human beings i think also some of these um true crime dramas like the ones i've seen where especially if it takes place like in the 70s 80s at least it brings some sort of like reform in the criminal justice system like the things they could have done before yeah or like they uh ignored um that now they could probably learn from those uh lessons like you know these are actual serious cases like uh yeah yeah like I think that's one aspect of it that's really good when you, when there, there is like this content of true crime at least in the states. I don't know yeah. about uh, other locations. Um, I'm, yeah, that's like the hopeful part of it all. It is very hopeful, and it's you kind of have to just keep hoping and praying. But yeah, 
Uh, but that's um, what's that? They're both on Netflix, huh? They are in yeah. America, at least. Yes. Yeah. Um, John, you didn't do anything. Uh, well, I mean, there was one thing I did, but it, real quick, uh, Audrey and I played a video game. Oh yeah, uh, called Bubble J Cat. Oh yeah, it's a click. <laughs> it's a click and point adventure game. Uh, we had to find a cat. Uh, J Cat j- named J Cat. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, we have a video coming out later this week of us playing it. If you're interested, though, you can go to itch.io uh, to play it yourself and look up uh, Bubble J Cat. Uh, the uh, the creator is named Joyce Ugamu. I I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's a screen name name, so it's all together. So <laughs> I'm just saying it the way it's uh, shown on there. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty fun. If you like point and click adventure, I really like the art style and the dialogue is really funny. A lot of stuff is crazy. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happens in the mm-hmm. game that I didn't expect. Uh, I'm just we didn't finish it yet, so looking forward to finishing it. Uh, that's like a little like pin in our little day to finish that game uh, later on. It actually takes place, I think, during COVID. Yeah, it takes. Uh, yeah, that's a big thing. The game takes place do- during COVID, so there's a lot of like situations where you have to go somewhere. But this is like the peak of COVID. Well, not the peak. The early when a lot of stores were closed, the and they, we didn't know what was happening really. So in the game, they show it as that, and it's pretty cool just to see stuff uh reminded of like how everything was shut down for like a good period of months uh of like restaurants and whatnot and then how this character is like going around the city trying to find her cat and then just uh interacting with people even just things around her and when you click around it's like oh well yeah i remember this and during the early days and whatnot i just thought it was like an interesting like uh what do you call that like a uh uh not portal like a a time stamp. Oh of yeah, this, like, yeah, it is event a, like a in our piece of art that has come out because of the, yes, the yeah. global experience yep, that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. So check that out on itch.io. It's called Bubble J Cat. Interesting name. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I really don't know why it's called Bubble. Like, why is there a bubble? I mean, your cursor in the game is a bubble. Uh, and your cat's Oh, that makes cat. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, no it doesn't. Well, like, the cat's tail makes the J. Like, you know, yeah. when the cat has her tail up. So yeah. I, maybe that's what she called him. But she doesn't yeah. explain why she calls him yeah. J-Cat. Um, Kate, are you a fan of video games? <laughs> uh, certain ones, yeah. You know, like Pokemon Snap. Oh, I okay. Love Pokemon Snap. Uh, uh, I was really excited when they launched an update. Oh, yeah. A month or so ago. Yep, yeah. Yeah, have, so that was to me. You have a switch then, <laughs> a switch light, but oh, switch you know, light, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I, I don't I don't play games that often, films take up most of my time. <laughs> that is true, you do have a little bit more on your plate than we do. <laughs> um, well, I think that's everything we've done this past week. We could go straight to our main discussion. This week's main discussion is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. My son. The Ten Rings gave our family legendary power. Show me you are strong enough to carry them. I'm nothing like you. I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. You can't outrun your destiny. Let him know, 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 let him know
not afraid of you. That is a clip from the trailer of Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, directed and co-written by Destin Daniel Creighton, uh, starring. Um, I'm, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing, and please correct me if I'm <laughs> mispronouncing any of these names. Uh, Simu Liu is he? That's how you say the Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Simu. right. <laughs> uh, Aquafina, uh, Meager Yang. Meager um, uh, Zhang. Yeah, Mingyang Zhang, uh, Michelle Yeoh, and Fala Chen, and Tony Liwang. Um, Tony Liwang, I've watched all his movies since, like, In the Mood for Love. So uh, I'm, like, in love with him as an actor. So um, I'm assuming uh, we'll talk about him later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is a plot synopsis. Plot synopsis from IMDb. Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed referee based Kung Fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. So, Katie, uh, we invited you because I actually read your review. And I read a tweet about how um, you want more women to talk about like uh, action films and, you know, big blockbusters. And I'm on this podcast, we always invite everyone. Uh, it's very inclusive and uh, especially the voices of like people of color and whatnot. And I wanted mm-hmm. to know your thoughts about Shang-Chi. Oh, well, I was really excited when they were, when Marvel announced that they were going to have an Asian superhero. And especially at the, after, after all the, the Infinity Saga, it was just time for a new hero to step into the MCU. And I watched this, yeah, a couple of weeks ago a special uh, press screening in London and there was such a buzz that they're going to see something different and it did deliver something different. Um, There there was such an apprehension, I find, with foreign films that a lot of people may not like the foreign films because uh, they don't like, they're uncomfortable with the subtitles or they don't like the use of a non-English language being used as dialogue. But here you've got it, in the main in mainstream cinema, and I think, that, and it's so important for the use of Mandarin to celebrate and for Shang Chi to celebrate Chinese culture, Chinese identity, as well as its um, predominantly Asian cast, and it does it beautifully. Um, the, you got the you know it is an origin story. You got Simu Liu, who is Shang Chi, who is trying to escape his past life and his father who's played by Tony Young and and the Ten Rings organization, which is just this, uh, which is, you know, a, terror, a terrorist circle, terrorist ring, sorry. And, you know, you've got, you set up the stage for this hero who is an un- unlikely hero. He's, he's stepping into shoes that he kind of hoped that he wouldn't fulfill or who wouldn't fit in. And, yeah, it's, it was just, I just felt such pride watching it. Because it's not something; it's such a bold direction for mainstream cinema, and yeah, I I really hope people love it as much as I do. Uh, I think on the podcast, I think we all uh, love it as much as you do. Um, how was your uh, theater experience? Uh, I know you went to the premiere. Was there like, it was it different because? You know how like majority of I'm assuming are, are critics. Is there like a, the reaction to the film? Was it like oh, the I didn't afterwards? I didn't I didn't get to go to the oh the, okay the gala screening. I went to a multimedia screening, which is a little quieter. But I I was quite gutted 
that couldn't go to the gala screening because there was so much Asian talent there. I was just so. Oh, really? I was I was crying inside. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, because because not only you have the cast, but you had Sandra O there as well. So I was oh. just like, no, yes, Sandra yeah. Um, I was just, um, but anyway, back to back to the <laughs> screening. Um, when I went to the multimedia screening, uh, there was a certain vibe in the air because it was it was a bit it was in a big cinema. It was in the Odeon Leicester Square, which is quite a which is. At uh, one point, the cinema that all the UK premieres would had t- would take place in, Ooh. and there was this, there was a vibe going on. There was this music booming, and you had the banner for the film on the screen. And I was kind of it reminded me of the European premiere of Black Panther, which oh, I yeah. did, att- I wish I did attend. And you know, it was the same thing. There was just loud music. There was this huge banner for the film, and then. You know, the director and the cast came out. It was all so, so exciting. And I just felt that kind of vibe again with Shang-Chi. Everyone was looking forward to it Every because, you know, it's Shang-Chi is the newest, like the first new character in the MCU since mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. Yep, yeah. so, so, you know, there, there was an excitement in the air. And it's also another a new story because you've got, you've had, what, 24 films with the same characters, and now you're bringing in someone new, someone you've not has not been teased or, or or hinted in the previous films. So, yeah, the the, the excitement was palpable. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to mention that because um, you, you said that Shang Chi is like a new character. This is the first film in, like you said, like out of all the films. Especially the television shows, like they didn't even bring any like new characters in there. A couple, probably, probably a couple, but it's kind of great to see a new character on the big screen and not being introduced into someone else's film. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like they're not, they're not hinted uh, in someone else's film, and then that this is like a whole new experience overall. Um, do you have anything else to uh, talk mention about it? Um. I'll just say that uh, they did uh, like that. Uh, they did a great job in celebrating Chinese culture, Chinese identity, especially the uh, that that relates to not only just Chinese but also Chinese Western people. Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. Because you know, there's always that that you know. Sometimes you feel like there's an identity crisis. Do you do you respond? Do you relate more to your Asian identity, or do you relate more to your Western identity because you were raised or born mm-hmm. slash born there? So, and in the film, does you know it has these small touches that help celebrate Asian culture, and they they're not really obvious, but they but they do. If you if you're an Asian and you do watch it, you just think. Oh, oh, that's nice. That is that kind of is you know it, it touches something within you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we I think we talked about this in the previous podcast about the the spot the sparrow. The, what, what am I saying now? Uh, <laughs> the spot. <laughs> I forgot what I'm thinking. But like how uh, a lot of us are like a couple of generations away from like immigrants in our the country where we're from living. So it's kind of that identity crisis where um, we just don't know 
like, are we Asian enough or whatever our culture, are we enough combining with the culture where we're simulated? Like I'm, I'm assuming you're in the UK and we're in the U S like we have to simulate to the Western standards sometimes. Um, but it's kind of cool to see this film kind of do both like, uh, uh, highly praise the Chinese culture, but also, uh, accepting like the western like uh, uh, people who are like chinese american and whatnot how do you guys feel about that because you guys are immigrants you know our, our are you talking our, about ben and i yeah because oh, you because yeah. our kids are first generation mm-hmm. mine and yours but how does that's really interesting i never really I, I i i am not i'm like third or fourth generation mexican immigrant so i'm you know i mean i still have that the same thing but it's more it's more westernized mm-hmm. how do you guys feel about that i think like for me like aquafina is the one that was me in that film mm-hmm. it's like she didn't understand mandarin like most, yeah i'm assuming like she didn't understand she knew like a little bit yeah, like, yeah a little bit enough, that's yeah. how i am in filipino culture where i understand our dialect is ilocano i don't understand tagalog the other dialect but then i don't i don't know how really how to make all the foods that my parents made and stuff mm-hmm. like that so I in this film, Aquafina was my what do you call it? My avatar, basically, yeah, of the yeah. thing. So just seeing her and the still surrogate is that the surrogate? word? I yeah, surrogate. surrogate. Yeah. <laughs> you know I think I think both words are acceptable. But yeah, that's how I felt when I was like seeing her. I was like, oh yeah, this is how I would be, especially with my parents in like, in the Filipino culture and many like people who are Asian. That I spoke to like they want you to be better than them in the U.S. Like because my parents are the first generation. Uh, well, first generation to be here, we want they want us to be better than them growing mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. And they try their best and they'll question you like your life's decision. And that's how I felt when the family scene. Yeah. Mine is more of the family scene with her and her family. Like yeah. I hear those words every time when I was growing up and whatnot. And it was just interesting, especially where the relationship. If and you're I, not if you're not living up to the standard. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been comparing you with someone else. To this other family, they didn't know. Was, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, I, find, I, find, I think that's a common thing that happens with Asian families that where you're comparing, where the parents compare you to someone else, some maybe some close friend or mm-hmm. relative, and in the hopes that they'll just kind of push you to succeed a little bit better, yeah. mm-hmm. and it just makes it just kind of it just sometimes feels a bit out of place. Yep. yep yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so John and uh, Audrey I'll start with John what's your thoughts about the film I really liked it I did like though our movie experience yeah uh, unfortunately oh, yeah. real quick oh so really quick you know, go on so, you can explain it because uh, John and I had like the same experience we went in different <laughs> times but uh, because I wanted to go with like the family into a movie but I, I'm still not comfortable with a large crowd so we went to the drive-in and here in the U.S., uh, basically to watch it, and uh, I don't know, maybe the projector was the intensity of the yeah, light. Well, yeah. no, ours is different. Ours, the there was that the brightness was turned down a little bit. It felt like yeah, that's us right. too. Yeah, so everything was very it, dark. Yeah, everything was dark. And then when I see the trailer and even scenes on YouTube, I was like, man, this looks so awesome. Just even seeing the little clips of them and towards the ending, the third act with them. Uh, the special effects and what like this looks really awesome. I didn't see that. Like I saw mostly dark, just like the tone, not the tone. The the lighting was darker, a little dim, a little bit, and it just threw me off. And then I was like, man, I can't really see anything really, but I'm still enjoying it. The interaction of all the characters, overall, 
it does make me want to watch it again. Just yeah, exactly. Like property, yeah. but yes, yeah, I think you. I think you've been shortchanged in your yeah, first experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just does, does there? I was going to ask, Kate, are there drive-ins in the UK? There are actually. Oh, okay. Um, they, sure. Yeah, they, when the pandemic hit, they kind of started popping up everywhere because oh, wow. you know it's it was the closest thing you can be in a cinema but not be a bit be safe enough so you're not around other people um but uh yeah they they are littered around the uk but they're not a huge thing they're not like, like as beloved like yeah <laughs> i think yeah because also if you live in somewhere like london you don't have a car so, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you walk up to the driver. <laughs> sit on yeah, the it's just like, yeah. How, what are you going to hang on? Oh, I don't know. I don't have a, your bike. Oh, just, <laughs> so I don't want to. It's like so. You either yeah, you either need some to know someone you have who has a car, or you, if you really desperate, rent a car to go to the drive-in. Oh, wow. <laughs> it feels. It just feels like a lot of effort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can continue, John. Uh, yeah, so overall, I really like the film. I re- enjoyed every aspect of it. I really like how it's connecting the MCU uh, just with little characters here and there from other previous films that you like, oh, that's where that character came from and all that. And just to like, know a little backstory for all of them from the previous film and just seeing them here, even though they're like a minute long scenes, I thought it was really cool just to see what happened to that character and where are they now and just seeing that and they don't really dive into it that much but i like how they integrated it into the movie and whatnot uh i like all the casts in here they're very engaging and just seeing them interact with one another and the story overall about family and they they did a good job telling a family story but you feel like there there are things that that they they've never done in a Marvel film. I feel like they this is more a personal family drama, but then there is a scale of the superhero behind it. And then toward the third, I'm trying not to do spoilers here, but the third act takes that, and then they make it into more like a Marvel MCU. But mm-hmm. they do stuff very yeah. different that you never seen in the MCU, <laughs> uh, especially with certain creatures i can say like without <laughs> saying what is it but just like oh wow this is actually happening happening and then it sucks that only these characters see it and not like the overall world of the mcu sees it because we've seen aliens attack and whatnot and other creatures and like you know big bulky hulk like creatures and just seeing this type of uh legendary creature you could say out in the mcu is like man this is so cool to the point where it reminds me of like anime mostly dragon ball i got like a lot of scenes that reminded me of dragon ball scenes of how they fight and how uh they just the combat basically of how uh i, I don't want to say but it's like just the aerial fights i guess you could say yeah. uh and then, and then there is a scene where aquafina even shout out to dragon ball i was like oh that's kind of cool where <laughs> they, she even they acknowledge that like they acknowledge that the inspiration and whatnot i thought that was really wonderful um yeah overall i i can see a lot but i don't want to spoil it right now but it's just like very but i was very pleased of the outcome of the movie um I was going to mention something, but now I totally forgot. But I'll, I'll ask Audrey, what's your thoughts about the film? <laughs> um, uh, I agree with what everybody said so far. It's pretty, it was really a beautiful film, what I could see of it, uh, when it <laughs> when, when they were out in the daylight, pretty much. Um, 
but I do love the the Asian drama of it, them bringing like the martial arts type of film or like a K-drama type of thing where like you get to experience like, because in the very beginning, like it, it kind of threw me off. But I at the end, I completely appreciated like when they were actually when you see um, uh, Shang-Chi's uh, fighting in the, the bus scene. Oh, yes. And it's super yeah. fast and everything. The bus. Yeah, yeah. It was like super fast. I'm like, that's not real. You can't really fight like that. It's that's, a lot that's too quick. And then I want to say like a lot of that inspiration because I just watched like Police Story with Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like that's Love what it that reminds me. Yeah. yeah, it reminds you know, yeah. me of that fast paced yeah. uh, fighting. Yeah. Maybe it's not something I'm used to in a Marvel film. I think, yeah. I think every the, character doesn't do that. Yeah, so like, I was like, how is this? What is this? like? And at that point, he didn't have any powers that we saw, right? No. It was just, we didn't even know that he could, you know, pop out like this. Yep, really. yeah. And then towards the end, you see that when you know, the the slowing down, the dance, the the yin and yang as they described it and everything, the the you know, the uh the balance, you know, everything. And you see that part and I was like, oh wow. And then it made, really made me appreciate what, you know, how the movie, technique and yeah, stuff the, like mo- that, the, yeah. the movie as a whole. It yeah. was, you know, everything had its purpose and um bringing in a lot of the um Chinese culture and things into it. Very um uh it's it's not heavy handed. I think it's enough for uh, like an American or international audience who doesn't have that type of culture can appreciate it. I love the um, the the animals, the mythical creatures. Yes, <laughs> the, the first yeah. thing I said when the movie or when we were there, I was like, I need a Morris pillow right now. And I, so that's the first thing I did. I went home and I Googled it. And I was so disappointed that the Disney store, their version of Morris, it didn't look like him. It was weird. It was weirdly shaped. I wanted him to be more like, like they described him as a pig, but I kind of saw him as like, as a kind of like a, like a plump turkey kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, he was all weirdly shaped. I didn't like it. And then I went to Target and it was the same thing. It didn't. I was like, he is so beautiful. <laughs> and you got, you guys just shortchanged him. I need him as a pillow and I need him. I need to hold him. I need him to comfort me when I'm sad. Disney could capitalize oh, on yeah. that creature. They, yeah. No, I'm like, there, there should be. You thought they would have done that already then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, but it's like, I went, I went there and it's like a pre-order. I think it's the same thing they did like for the baby Yoda. Like they don't, they didn't want any, like in any leaking or any, anybody to know anything beforehand sort of thing. Um, but, um, I loved seeing, uh, recognizing the certain creatures, like the, I don't know nine what tails. It, the nine tails. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I don't know the, the actual name for it, but it's like the big, um, lion. like the lion dog that guards the temples. And like, that was real. That was there. You know, there's a reason why we see it on our earth, our, universe, our, our dimension I yeah, I know. parallel. I'm not yeah. super sure. <laughs> um, but just to see those the beautiful animals and how they interact with um, with us and everything and um, I really love the auntie character I thought she was a very beautiful strong um, woman you know to replace the mother who mm-hmm. you know, yeah, who yeah. was um, who was lost early in the film um, I appreciate that there was a strong female character for the son you know to look up to and I don't think you, you I don't think you see that often anytime in Marvel or any type I, of film I don't think you do it's that always all, yeah. the father or a man he has to look up to but mm. the, the you're a female the feminine the yin and the yang you need both to to elevate and to make you whole and complete and strong you know so I, I really no, no I, I agree uh that's why I think uh, Michelle Yeoh's like character um she also benefited um men she, Xiaoling's character as yes. well oh, because yeah. she you know yeah. she didn't have she didn't have a mother and 
she sorry spoiler alert mm. yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Fine. So, okay. i think it's a minor that's a minor one <laughs> okay she so she she you know she needed a female role model in her life because her father was so that you know that also ring true like for me when i was growing up it's like i couldn't I couldn't play games with my brothers. I always had to do the housework and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when she was kind of sidelined so that Shang-Chi was doing all the training and her dad would not let her do anything, I just felt that it, it did resonate with me. So when Michelle Yeoh says, you're not, you don't have to sit on sidelines anymore, I'm like, yes, that's yeah. what she needed. She did, She needed to realize that she, was not, she shouldn't be cast on the sidelines because she's a girl. Yes, she exactly. has the same power as her brother does. Mm-hmm. She just was not. She doesn't just doesn't have the opportunity to, um, you know, showcase it. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. I like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that because it is. I feel like when it comes, to, at least the the female characters in the Marvel universe, you don't get a lot of backstory until we got like Black Widow, uh, Widow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then. With this, it actually tells two sides of a story, uh, not just like, you know, Shang-Chi, but also like the sister and that you sympathize with like both of the characters and mm-hmm. you actually see these two characters grow side by side. Um, and it's not like sidelighting her at all. It's like actually giving her like, if anything, if this was if the, you could tell her side of the story in a different movie and how she became. Um, what's that city they went to? I always forget the name. Talo. Yeah, yeah, Talo. Like, uh, and like all, like that's really like I want to see that world. Like, if anything, mm-hmm. Marvel just expanded their universe even like you know more, yeah. and now you want to see what's going on in that little uh, town and whatnot. Well, um, you know, Shang Chi is actually uh, Minga Zhang's first ever screen date, screen mm. performance. She does the only acting credit she's done so far. Wow. So hopefully. Fingers crossed that we'll get to see more of her in the MCU. It's oh, yeah. funny you mentioned that because I, so prior to all, this is like behind the scenes, but prior to when I record, I always want to pronounce everyone's names correctly. And her name, because there's no interview, there, there, there are interviews now, but I want to see if there's, you know, wheels. Uh, yep, yeah. yeah, that would yeah. hit me, like how to pronounce her name. And I stumbled upon a, a Vimeo a video of uh, uh, her acting in a short film, like a student short film or something. Uh, it's from two years ago. And then she was really good in it. And then I've tried to like figure out like, what are the other movies? And yeah, you're right. She's only been, this is her first big screen, like acting uh, credit right now. And it's like, it's kind of amazing that, that she got this. Uh, so that she's yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. It, yeah if you have to pick a, like the best debut film to, to, yes, yeah. to, to do. <laughs> she's good. I think, yeah, this kind of tops it for an Asian, for an Asian performer as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now you could also expand on her character with like, uh, I don't know, Disney plus will ever do that. But like, now I want to know what she's going to do after this film and what, she, I mean, there's, uh, if you say after credit, you kind of know, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm just going to say really quickly, like I agree but with everyone's, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> uh, thoughts about this film. Uh, I too was, uh, was, part of the drive-in experience mm. um so i did like our our light wasn't as uh high enough to see everything i think it's just because we were in the drive-in 
I don't know if there's a, I don't know who's ever controlling the quote unquote projector there. Like if they know how to use a projector well. Probably not. Uh, it's probably some kid, poor kid getting yeah, like we watched Candyman the week before and it was the exact same problem where when there's darker scenes, you couldn't see a lot. And then that was always a problem. I should write like a review or Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, maybe. To ask or like well, a letter. I'll probably write a letter and, and you get a coupon. Give, yeah, you get a coupon. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, actually, and the the screening, the viewing of Shang Chi that I watched this morning, they hadn't actually updated the release date for Top Gun Maverick. So what they did was that they were showing the trailer, and then it says in twenty twenty. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. So I was a bit, I was just giggling like a lunatic because like <laughs> you've got, you've had a whole, you should have checked your trailers. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like I don't know who's now operating uh, the cinemas. <laughs> I guess you could say. Or how um, do they have like I don't know how how they do it. Like probably it's a hard drive, but it says like 2020 uh, movie, and then they just push it in and not realizing the date has changed. I don't know if there's like a software update or anything. Oh, yeah. like the main person didn't send out the the CC with yeah, like the email yeah. to everybody. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one card. They could just, yeah, you yeah. know, just cut yes. edit it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, just like, how could you, how, what could, you know, it's just yeah. one more job. You had one job. Wow. One job, just cut out this one card and that's it. The rest of the trailer is fine. It's yeah, just yeah, one exactly. card. But no. It's still there. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, we should all write letters. Or they yeah. could do oh, no, the that's... Batman thing and just put twenty XX. What was the thing they did? <laughs> Batman. Oh, the, in the, the, the the premiere of um, Matt Reeves Batman. Yeah, Batman. In yeah, the, trailer, the trailer, they yeah. put like XX as the last two digits or something like that. So they don't. Yeah, because <laughs> they can yeah, be they... ever changing now. <laughs> they can use the same trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there yeah. You go. Um, but like what I mentioned before. I previously watched a police story with Jackie Chan and uh, anyway, Katie, you, I heard you saying that you're a big fan. I, I love that film so much. Yeah. So like, there's like a scene there with the bus and it's similar. Yeah. It's like it's, the fight choreography is similar. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Cause you see Jackie Chan's character, um, uh, he chases down these crooks, uh, yeah. but when he's on, he but they they escape on a double decker bus, and therefore he has to he's on pursuit, and then he, they get an he gets an umbre- uh, old style umbrella, and he hooks himself onto the window, and then all you just see is him dangling on the with an on an umbrella on the side of this bus, and it's absolutely mental, and yeah. I just love it. It's just one of those. It's one of those high octane kind of action films that you. Yes. That we don't really have CG- that anymore. No, yeah. that's no. the thing. So before CGI and everything, it was all about it was all about how many times can you break someone's bones through an action scene. <laughs> yeah. And when you see when because when you yeah um, in the end of Jackie Chan's films, he always includes um, like the, snippets from the bloopers and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, of any injuries that were inflicted throughout the film, anything that went wrong, any times he could have died because actually the bus when later on he was supposed to shoot at the bus. In an earlier shot, the bus actually could he had to dive out of the way because the bus almost almost ran past over him. Oh God! Yes, yeah. <laughs> so so it's, that's the kind of thing that. I miss 
the practical stunts. Mm-hmm. I want to know stunts. my actor almost died 20 times for my enjoyment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, you know, it's like there were broken, broken bones, injuries, blood going, you know, not exactly gushing out, but it's like to the point where it's like coming out from the, from head injuries, that kind <laughs> of thing. And it's just like, and, and, you know, that the end scene in Police Story, you had third degree burns from Yes. That. Yeah. So, oh, you know, you don't see that anymore. No. But then again, he's now the most expensive person to insure. Yeah. Along with Tom, Tom Cruise, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. The only reason I brought that up is because, like you mentioned, although I enjoy, like, I enjoyed all the fight choreography in Shang-Chi. And I believe majority of it is practical in just, like, CG background. And some CG, like, you know, shots were here and there when it comes to doing the impossible like when they were on top of the scaffolding scaffolding uh, the building yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but like the bus scene i think that's one of the best scenes in there because it kind of shows you um close-ups of like their fight choreography and mm-hmm. it looks very real like everything uh, aside from like being cg like probably the outside of the bus is like cg'd and everything but it seems like everything that was doing in the bus was all practical and it reminds me of jackie chan and they, they even do uh I, I mean, i've seen jackie chan done this several times in other films with the coats oh, yeah. oh yes, removes yes his yeah. Coats. yeah and he used it as a as a uh, uh, like a shield or use it for offense too, and uh, you see Shang-Chi use do that exact same. He kept moves. that coat the whole time, huh? The same uh, I think coat? it changes no, color. No, it changes. <laughs> so that's, that's one of the things I like no, too. They yeah, gave him. He, he, yeah, he kind of loops it around the sword, uh, around a weapon, oh. or there's some, or, and then he manages to pull it back on. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I, was yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Shang-Chi has like a very noticeable costume like it's that jacket like a leather that a uh, letterman jacket, letterman jacket. Letterman it changes throughout the thing but he oh. has like you know that's his character now like that's I you see. know like iron man has a suit or captain america has that but in when he's in regular you know us he has this jacket that his character is the only one that uses it i think oh, that's kind of cool like they have a iconic little uh outfit for him already mm-hmm. in there and um uh, as i inspired uh as aspired cinematographer i really love the cinematography too and i found out it's bill hope who did cinematography for like the matrix and a couple mm. of uh sam raimi's spider-man films mm. so he knows how to like uh lit like a scene really well and aerial shots yeah aerial <laughs> shots like there you go. Yeah. yeah so i appreciate that that they h- hired someone that uh, knew how to do fight pro- co- choreograph really well um and then uh, apparently this was also dedicated to brad allen who's also a stuntman and fight choreographer for jackie chan Aww. so i wonder if that's the link there where mm, um, the style yeah the yeah, style that, yeah. that that would make sense yeah oh, that's he, so sad. okay so he died uh earlier this year and um it's it's a it's a nice uh, little dedication to him, knowing this is going to be like huge and whatnot mm-hmm. too, and the inspiration yeah. it brought. Um, but yeah, I overall, I think because of the drive-in experience, it made the third act for me. I didn't like the third act. It's just because with so much CG that 
in the drive-in. Yeah, I couldn't was, see. We made the we made the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got confused where all the characters were at one point, and uh, otherwise, I, I feel like once I watch the second time go around, and I will probably will love it more. <laughs> um, well- yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed with the third act because it is very CG uh, yes, heavy yeah. and it, it does kind of sway you. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it sways a bit too more into it, like the Marvel, mm-hmm. this, that MCU style of narrative. Because And it was a shame because you had these, like the first couple of acts, you had these, this solid foundation, my, uh, solid for, um, character development for it to then blow up into this humongous really ambitious yes yeah um fight that has another dragon trope that just like from another asian film yeah. i'm just thinking i was just a bit i was i think at this uh, at the first time i saw that i was like, rolling my eyes a bit i was like oh come on seriously Aww. so, so it just, just it's just a, a bit more imagination there but you know it's ambitious so you know the special effects are in places great to look at i just wish that you know it just escaped the confines a little bit like yeah. don't heavily rely on the visual effects no exactly yeah. so, yeah. i mean you know you had you know you could they show that they can do practical fight scenes and you can show that there's some beauty in the wuxia from uh, from towards the start of the film you don't need to have like the the huge special effects to kind of solidify shang chi as a hero yeah. He's already a hero, so they could have dialed it down and made it a bit more I don't personable. Know. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. For the father and him, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, that was know, kind of cut short a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like if Civil War could do it quite effectively, you know, between between Steve, Steve, and um, Iron Man. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that dude. <laughs> we're forgetting Tony- the characters. The character died yeah. already. And we're just I'm so sorry. <laughs> between, between between Steve and Tony, you know, the, the the their fight scene was, you know, very gutsy, very hard hitting, you know, relentless and that kind of thing. But here, it's just it feels like it's swayed on a reliance on special effects mm-hmm. to finish it. Yeah, like when. Once when once they introduce, I don't want to spoil Can it. We but just when spoil they introduce like right now, like we were okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So if you're a listener, we spoiled it. We yeah. spoiler alert. If you're a listener, if you're a listener, I guess for the next ten minutes at least, I'll, I'll count it right now. We'll do spoilers. Uh, so fast forward, and then um, then in, at least or stop now and watch the movie. Then <laughs> yeah, uh, come and re- listen. Yes, and then revisit it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to mention really quick. It's a spoiler. I don't think it's a, it's a minor spoiler. This is not, this is not the spoiler that I think John's going to bring up. <laughs> mm. uh, but it's more of revealing the this these creatures in the third act. And that's where I lost kind of like interest. Like, oh, so there's these creatures that are trying to get in this realm. And that's where like, you know, I felt like you didn't have to introduce yeah yes like every marvel movie has to have these soldiers of creatures so they can fight these creatures not other you know why can't it just narrow to like just you know a father and son and their fights and that's it like we don't have to have armies and creatures and whatnot it's like i lost interest because i was like i know they're gonna win like there's no there's no climax to that like we know we're not we're not gonna lose these characters uh, yeah, there's, you know, any time that, that creature that 
I don't know what is it called, like a soul eater. I don't know the the baby correct. ones, the little ones. No, the, the big sucker. one. Yeah, yeah, soul sucker. Yeah. Is that a Chinese uh, creature? Like everything else was based on something, or is this like something the Marvel just I think, made up? I think it's some. I, I don't want to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fine. Everything I'll else felt it, like I'm something. Yeah, wrong. from a I'm Chinese culture. Say, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say because in case I'm wrong, but it's, <laughs> it's not something I'm familiar with. Okay. Um, yeah, so I th- but I think yeah you're right. I think considering how in the comics uh, Tony Leung's character is Shang Chi's arch nemesis. Yes, yeah. And they had to to have to have him to have that dynamic cut short, and also for to just have Tony Leung's character just kind of suffer that. It's, Sorry, this is a spoiler, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, it's fine. To, to suffer that fate, I just feel like, oh, seriously, you're gonna you're gonna do him like that? You're gonna just just cut it short? Yeah. Like, there's I no just... redeeming factor. I feel, it, I felt this way with um, what's his name in Black Panther. I forgot Killmonger, mm. where there's this sort. Although he's a villain, there's this sort of redeeming factor of like why he's doing things why he has to do things because he was he was wronged by the world basically and then with tony uh, uh lang's character i feel like he's also being wronged in some in some degree because how they killed his wife and whatnot and he just wants to seek revenge yeah. <laughs> by uh by uh, you know killing everyone with his with his powers and i feel like that was cut like you, like you said kate it was cut short to like like I don't know, it, it didn't feel it right. Like, to me. It, it seemed almost like an afterthought because the only I redeeming feel, thing was was that he just remembered him as like a baby. And I then think it is like, like okay. an afterthought in a way where studio was like, we need to introduce the big bad for the next phase. So how do we do that? And then they have like, let's make this character calling out for this one character tricking him that it's the wife you know mm-hmm. but this is actually part of the big bad like it's a i think it's supposed else. to be part of like it doesn't shang chi in the comics like have the fu manchu isn't that like the that's they actually re like redo these characters yeah to modernize and, and it's, it's it. an actual yeah. dragon though right it's a creature yeah. that's his arch nemesis i, guess. I think <laughs> there's there's a lot of problematic because mm-hmm. that came the from the um, what do you call it the yellow pearl the yeah. whole Whitewashing no. thing, yeah. yeah whitewashing yeah. and everything. There's, so it was there was a lot. There's just a lot of controversy that yes, we don't yeah. want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. A lot of things. Uh, I mean, we, uh, uh, there's an elephant in the room where they bring back a character that played the Mandarin in previous films, mm-hmm. and it was it was a it was a commentary on that where they do have white characters playing the Mandarin in past, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it, renditions to this character and whatnot so i, do I think have that's to a- say though when ben kinsley character telling them why he became oh, an yeah, actor yeah. Mm-hmm. it's the most funniest and like awkward like that like what that's the reason why you became an actor because you watch planet of the apes and then you were memorized by the monkey quote unquote he thought they were real monkeys riding the horse i was mm-hmm. like what it's acting they yeah, made the like, monkeys act yeah, yeah i was like oh okay i guess that's, that's just weird <laughs> what's your thoughts katie on that reveal uh like I, were you a fan of iron man is it iron man 2? three three part three, uh, three iron man three. three yeah um when i first saw iron man three i just thought it's like oh, okay okay what 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 seriously <laughs> um and and considering um the the short that they did yes yeah all hell the um, king, I think, or something. Yep, yeah, that's it. Um, 
I knew that um, there was that possibility that he would show up, but to be honest, I thought I didn't like his inclusion. I noticed <laughs> that there was like there's because of his previous portrayal as the Mandarin mm-hmm. Iron Man three. There was some kind of it felt like an almost an obligation to bring yeah, him back, yeah. so to tie up loose ends and whatnot. However, it just felt like he did. He was there for comic relief when it wasn't needed, and. It, it kind of, yeah, enabled the third act to proceed as it did. Yes, yeah. But it, for me, he sometimes took the focus away from Michelle Yeoh's character and also uh, Yun Wan's character, who is another martial artist. He played the older gentleman mm-hmm. in Kaolo. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, for me, he just kind of, he was there. He was... He wasn't necessary to mm, the plot. Yeah. That's what I thought, anyway. He was the interpreter for Morris. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it's odd, too, because his character in ending, you don't really know what happened to that character in mm. the very ending. Like, you get, like, resolved from all everyone else, except that character. I know he's, like, playing dead on the battlefield, but he doesn't even show up in the very end of the credits working with the sister at all. Like, you don't see him there. Like, it's like, this character just disappears. I guess you assume he stays in Talo. Yeah. Something. I don't know. It's just an odd way that, like, they brought this character back. Now we're just going to hide him somewhere else. So you guys don't have to care about it for a while. Maybe. Yeah. Um, this is actually not a spoiler. I Actually, I think I wanted to mention it before. Was I like, because we're talking about, like, uh, the Chinese culture and Asian culture in general, too. How they didn't really pander towards, yeah. uh, like revealing how uh, there's like a really subtle scene where Shang-Chi removes his shoes. And I like how it's not like too pandering. Isn't it's like, it weird that people do yeah, that? Yeah, it's, you know? it's like it's accepted. I think I think a lot of people don't know like the respect, I guess, of not wearing shoes in the home and how that's uh, impactful like in the in Asian culture in general because Filipinos don't usually don't do that too. And I just like that little subtlety of it all. And uh, like Katie also said, like how they do speak like Mandarin and their subtitles, and that no one's like just speaking English, but just speak for the for the sake of it. For the audience, <laughs> like they, so they, they, there was a one scene where Aquafina is talking to one of the characters, and they speak Mandarin to her, and then on her point of view, it's not translated. I was like, oh wow, that's kind of cool. Like we're seeing it from her point of view, and we we're just guessing what that person's saying to her, and she's like, and she will, like, and she responds in English. Yes, too, and she yeah. responds in English. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Like. We're seeing it her point of view the whole time. But that, that that's how you guys experience stuff yeah, at yeah. home too, right? Yeah, and when they speak certain dialect, yeah. I'm just um, I'm, I'm, it... I'm just glad they didn't like you know how like their job was um, Aquafina, and their job was a uh, how do you say a valet sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. glad that they didn't work in a Chinese restaurant. Oh, like, <laughs> like or they, anything, yeah. Yeah, 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 or like a convenience yeah. store or something. They had a different, you know. That, that's one of the things I also loved about Shenqi that, that it didn't play on the stereotypes mm-hmm. that ten, that ten, that um, a- Asian characters or audiences tend to suffer. It's like they're in a Chinese restaurant. They just speak with accents. They just, you know, just they hold up playing computer games or singing karaoke or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They are, there are, uh, what's that? Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Is that your, uh, what's that creature in Morris? Yeah, that's Morris. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. little Morris, sorry. Yeah, was, yeah, so that's what I appreciated because like crazy rich Asians, there are just Asians that are just speaking in, with 
American accents or British British accents because that's how that's how we speak. You know, we yeah. don't we don't speak with accents or and we don't you know we don't, we can pronounce our R's and our L's. We're not and we shouldn't be open. We shouldn't be mocked or anything just because yeah. we're different. I I respect that there's no mocking of the language in this movie too, or like how people speak in this movie. Like it's all like understanding. Like oh okay. Um, like there's nothing, but it doesn't, uh, what do you call it? It doesn't pay attention to that at all. It normalizes it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it normalizes it. I love, I do love how Aquafina, uh, she loves her job. (laughs) Like I love that character where you have these like, uh, 30 somethings or 20 somethings who are probably like, these are dead end jobs, but he, she generally loves doing ballet parking. Uh, I think that's a cool, like, uh, like you don't see, you usually see that you, you usually see someone that's like, Oh, I need to move on or something, but she loves driving and she shows why she's a good driver too. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that's it. I think that's 10 minutes. I think if you're a listener right now, you're coming back. Um, normal, normal service can resume. Yes. <laughs> um, so before we leave, actually, Katie, um, we do this list. I think, I don't know if I messaged you about this. List. It's called the freaking awesome list. And it's like, you add one thing to the list. Um, I'm just going to, w- w- this throughout this year, we added like several things in this list. Uh, I uh-huh. forgot to pull it up. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you, do you, do you want to add something to our list? And um Dang it. Where is the list, actually? What does the list comprise of? Uh, so it could be anything. It could be a person. It could be uh, something you watch, listen, played, or read. This year. Uh, but it, yeah, this year. It has to be this year. But it doesn't have to be coming out this year, too. Yeah. It could be uh, anything that you've just, like, you just watch, I don't know, uh, something that you never watched before, and it opened up your eyes and whatnot. Uh, well, in that case, I would like to add a film that I watched during South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. It's a Norwegian comedy. It's called Ninja Baby. It's based. Oh, on I a... love that title. <laughs> I know it's awesome, right? It's um, it was it's based on a Norwegian graphic novel. It's about a girl, a, a young woman who's going through an unplanned pregnancy and uh, yeah it's brilliant i i really really enjoyed it and it's currently one of my top films of the year so i hope people can uh will ca- can catch it and enjoy it as much as i do and it's uh, ninja baby for the listeners one word um yes because sure. i was trying to type it I was like oh, these are not things that i animated ninja baby yeah i believe it's one word Yes, yeah. Thank you for okay. that. I'm looking forward to that. I actually never, that was never on my radar. So I never even heard of this. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was one of those films that's like you read about it and you're not sure if you'll enjoy it. But like when you first watch the first, when you first, you watch the first 10 minutes of it, it's like, ah, oh, this is actually pretty good. And then it just gets better and better and better. So no, I really, I, I love that film. Um, so before we leave also, where can they find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, Katie Smith Wong, or one word with a Katie with an IE. Yeah, I highly recommend follow her, read her, all of her pieces and all the various websites. And I also recommend listening to you on the Empire Film Podcast. Oh, um, I, I listened to that podcast uh, for the past year or so. And then it's, it was kind of cool that actually, it's, it was weird because it was a coincidence. Oh, wow, you're on this podcast too. <laughs> As a guest, yeah, podcast, uh, yes, it, it was a bit of a surprise to me too. <laughs> yeah. 
John and Audrey, where can they find you online? Uh, you can find both of us on our YouTube page by going to datenightplays.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Benjamin Abaya. You can find all of us and our episodes at thefreakandawesome.com. You could become a patron for no less than a dollar. This helps us offset the cost of running a website and podcast. But if you can't do that, please subscribe, rate, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TFA Now. Like and engage with us on our Facebook page at The Freakin' Awesome. Or join our Discord server. The links will be on the show's notes. Email us with concerns, comments, or corrections at contacts at thefreakinawesome.com. Once again, you could be part of our Patreon page and get episodes early at patreon.com slash thefreakinawesome. And before we leave, I just want to say thank you to Lee Lai from Mediaversity. She became a patron on our Patreon page. And also thank you to our producer, Sierra Say Chow, and our editor, John Abaya, for editing this episode. Once again, Katie, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you had fun and you could join us in the future sometime. Oh, in the future. I did. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really, and- I really enjoyed having you on here too. Oh, thank you. And thank you for listening. I'm Benjamin Abaya. I'm John Abaya. I'm Audrey Abaya. And I'm Katie Smith-Wong. And this has been the Freaking Awesome Podcast. 